0: Hello, and welcome to makers.dev episode at number 104. Chris, did you know that 104 is a natural number?
1: Oh, natural numbers. I learned about those at some point. <laughs> I, I so don't remember I. what they are. Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to ask me that. Uh, a natural number is a number used for counting. As in oh. there are six coins on the table an ordering as in this is the third lord is, is it just an it's just a number is it oh zero including zero so you could have said Z- that for any of our our episodes I sure so far
1: could have. <laughs> excellent that's
0: yep that's my fun fact about the number 104 <laughs> so include it's non-negative integers including zero is a natural number denoted okay. by the uh capital n the double struck capital n yeah so all right all that's right. my fun fact about the number one hundred four. There, there you go. How have you been?
1: I'm doing all right. Uh, I I've been dealing with double struck letters R and C though. Uh, R is reals and C is complex numbers, uh, uh-huh. because I'm in a new class for my masters, advanced linear algebra. Um, Ooh. So that's something I'm doing. Uh, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Like I think I expected it to be, but yeah, I um, it made me rethink whether or not I want to continue doing my masters, uh, given wow. that I have a job and I'm doing my the gal stuff now. Um. Spicy. I know uh yeah it it took just a ton of time um Mm. and a bunch of people talked about it on like there's a slack group and stuff too um apparently the first two weeks are the hardest of this class so i'm through the first two weeks um also if i were to drop it right now then i wouldn't get all my money back so i'm like well i might as well keep going anyway then that's good um so we'll see how hard it gets but yeah i mean it just like i was in the middle of it i'm like i could just not do this (laughs) (laughs) uh but i decided to keep doing it so um i also that may not be helpful at all to (laughs) listeners but something that might be helpful um while i was doing it i was having a super hard time uh because it's like proof-based problems Mm -hmm. and i was having a really really tough time with one of these problems one of the homework problems and i took a step back in the middle of it and i was like okay what it it was about uh non-singular matrices and i was like what would i have to learn before i could teach what a non-singular matrix is. Hmm. And i started writing down stuff and i realized i was very confused about what a non-singular matrix was. Mm-hmm. And that was my problem. I didn't realize that while i was trying to do the problem, but by trying to take a step back and like what if i was going to teach this, what would i need? Um that that really really helped me. And so i used that for the next few problems and i went way smoother than the first few. Um so i highly encourage that if you are stuck on a problem, take a step back and say what would i need to do to teach everything you need in order to learn this problem it's a different way of framing it that i think was very helpful for me i like that i'm reminded of the Feynman method are you familiar with that uh i know who he is i don't know what, what's his method
0: richard Feynman, super cool guy involved in the manhattan project his method of learning very similar to that was after he after he learned something of any sort of complexity he would close the book or whatever the resource was that he was learning from and uh try to explain it on a piece mm. of paper he tried to write it down in, in his own words and any gaps that he had he would just say oh and this works and i'm not sure quite how this works and he would get to the end and then he would go back to the resource and fill in those gaps of okay I, I didn't understand this part of it and then he would do it again and he would keep doing that keep repeating it until he was able to fully explain it and he's regarded by a lot of people as one of the best teachers of these sort of technical topics and nuclear stuff and physics uh, mm-hmm. he has a, a course on introductory physics uh, uh mechanical and uh enm that are still used even though they were written something like 50 years ago so yeah i think it's a i think it's a very good method it's a it's a good it's a, it's a feedback loop that you can do entirely internally to to test your knowledge I find when I'm learning things, it's very easy for me to delude myself into just sort of skimming over, oh yeah, I recognize those words, but <laughs> I don't, I don't understand the, the underlying concepts yet. So cool. That's a, that's a good method. I'm reminded also of a project that we talked briefly about months ago, where you were going to make some sort of an educational resource about, uh, uh AI math for programmers. And that was going to be yeah. a, a way that you could externalize this sort of process.
1: I wanted to and then i got a job which is kind of what happened Um, okay yeah so i I still think it'd be good mostly for my learning right again um and so this was kind of the start of that i was like okay pretend i'm going to make this Hmm. what's the you know order of things i need to teach in order to build up to non-singular unitary and unitary matrices and yeah it was exactly what you said like i realized uh i was glossing over those words and like oh yeah they they said those words in the class yeah (laughs) i didn't actually understand them which is the whole problem Um, um but yeah, so I, I like that, the find method. That's great. Uh, yeah, so it, it felt, it feels like like as I was taking a step back from the homework, I'm like, how am I ever going to finish if I don't do the actual homework? But really, it was, to, you know, take a step back to go forward. So, yeah.
0: I like it. I took the conversation that we had about that you were going to make those sorts of articles and made something like four or five of them for different technical areas yep. that, that I was struggling with. Uh, one for Firebase, one for FFMPEG, one for JavaScript, one for something else ruby i don't remember and i've referenced those now multiple times and i've had this happen multiple times where i i encounter a problem in javascript and then i'm like oh no let me google okay i found the solution and i i've encountered this before haven't i i should include this in the article and then i go to the article and it's the top (laughs) area yeah (laughs) Yeah. uh so that's been a that's a that's a habit that i would love to invest in to make as low friction as possible and just in as many areas of my life as i can every hobby that i'm picking up i don't know scuba diving or or carpentry or something have my own cheat sheet for that thing and then it's the best resource for me and now i've with with marginal extra effort i've put it in a place where potentially someone else could benefit from it and then something i like as an extra thing that i could do on top of this is once i've written the article that's been honed by here are the, the difficulties in each little nugget that i've struggled with once that's of any sort of considerable size that can very easily be turned into some sort of other content of like a, a video or something <coughs> excuse me um so that, that i like that that's been installed in my life as a as a habit of uh, refining what I know and, and having it building, building cheat sheets for myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I still want to do that. I, I should, because so uh, a, f- a few examples spring to mind right away. One is just all this linear algebra stuff. Like I could make a cheat sheet, right. And then I've had a got experience actually researching it and then making it. But also, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I know I'm going to need to reference the, you know, the three, ways to prove something is a norm multiple times because we've right. already had to. So I should write that up, put it online, and then I can just access it, yeah. Um, the other thing is like for programming stuff, uh, in PyTorch, the one that springs to mind right away is saving and loading fi- uh, like models mm. is slightly weird. Like the syntax is a little weird, so I have to look it up every single time. Mm. And every single time I go to the same page and I know to scroll down about three quarters of the way and then I gotta <laughs> search for it and then find it. And yep. it's like, why don't I just make that a page? <laughs> That's the only thing on it is those two lines. Yeah. Um, yeah so i want to do that uh i just haven't (laughs) yeah that's fair
0: can you explain in any sort of layman's terms that i would understand what you're currently studying in linear algebra especially the topics that made you almost want to quit your master's oh my gosh
1: well just yeah just because well the reason the the way i got to quit the master's is uh, i was like i should just drop this class but wait I have to take at least one theory class and the other ones are harder than this one okay <laughs> this is this is the easiest of the theory classes and so I'm like wait if I don't want to do this one why would I want to do any of them <laughs> uh, but I think I'm just going to stick it out because I do want to learn the stuff like I want to yeah. have I want to have learned this stuff um, yeah. I just currently with a job and starting a new cattle competition which we can talk about I have le- less time than I than I want so that's it's more like a spiraling thoughts than uh Anyway, um, I was
0: fantasizing probably while you were having your existential crisis about joining the exact same program that you're in (laughs) with all every day. There's this new AI thing. And I I just found one that you can run on the M1 or M2 architecture that is uh, seems to have a more advanced interface than Dali. Mm. So you can you can take an input image and just give it human language instructions like uh, you know if the image is of a bowl of fruit you can say you you can give it uh, the input of the image and the text prompt make all the fruit strawberries mm-hmm, and it yeah. does it yep and like that that's just the thing that I found out about yesterday <laughs> there's, there's been a new <laughs> thing like that almost every day for what feels like the last two months and I don't see this as a thing that's slowing down I see it as just a thing that's only gonna keep getting faster and better and more powerful and I think, being in a position where you can really understand the underlying layers of this and be able to take advantage of uh, the, the the full breadth of these tools, especially a little bit before everyone else is able to, what a fantastic position to be in! So, uh, yeah, very interesting that, that uh, <laughs> you that you uh, faced this adversity in this in this class and yeah. uh, and felt like uh, quitting the whole thing. But I'm, I'm glad you stuck with it. I'm glad that this caused fallacy. <laughs> yeah, uh, is exactly.
1: Um, so, so what I would say is that this program is great, but it's great once you already know the basics and you want to like, I'm taking this program so that I can do things like create the algorithms that you're talking about. Yeah. If you just want to use them uh, and understand them, then there's some great classes, free classes. So deep learning.ai is, is an expensive, e- extensive free website. Uh, fast.ai is pretty good too. is it, great. Um, and then Coursera and I think edX both have free versions of, you know, basically all the classes I'm taking. So okay. I would take some of those first, the free ones. I like that. Did you do that before enrolling in this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I okay. did. I went through the fast AI one. I went through m- most of the deep learning one, deep learning AI ones, um, and maybe another Coursera, Coursera class. And I did multiple Kag- Kaggle competitions. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I'd like to do. Thinking through this though, there's there's a lot of marketing courses that are in my queue first. Like mm-hmm. I signed up for Corey Hain's swipe files and haven't touched any of that. And I think there's several courses on marketing stuff and several little, uh, uh, <laughs> I think he calls them swipe files actually. <laughs> like, like, okay. like yeah. toolkits of here's an example, uh, sort of marketing, uh, recipe you can use. And it's been on my to-do list every day for like the last month. And I haven't opened it. I did take a course in chat. Which was interesting Um, which I'd like to talk about later, but yeah. Okay. So I'll, I want to finish the current badge of marketing stuff that that's the the next area that I want to get better at. And then I think turning some serious attention to AI stuff would be very useful for the future. Um, cool. What else did you get up to?
1: Um, well, uh, this is the Monday after the Friday that Google did a bunch of layoffs. Yeah. Uh, i am safe i'm not laid off but good <laughs> people, people on my team were um Ooh. i mean yeah it, they let off like six percent of the workforce and um you know i don't have any particular thing to say i guess you know uh, like you can read all about it in the, in the news a bunch of stuff was leaked um and it, you know like it sucks but the kind of stuff happens so yeah mm. um i was happy that i was safe sad for the people that were let go but yeah that's the thing that happened yeah yeah
0: there's people you you just started working with too yep um that's got to be a weird situation that you're the you're the new guy (laughs) yeah
1: yeah i mean they uh like it wasn't just it's not like they just laid off new people you know they let off like all over the experience ladder um so yeah it was i think i'm in a good position because my role was just reprioritized after the hiring freeze Hmm. um and i you know uh I suspect that it was role-based you know so like if they're sh- shifting priorities then they like it doesn't make sense for them to lay off someone who is just reprioritized sure is my understanding so yeah so sucks but i'm still here
0: between this and the the stripe layoffs and it seems like every major tech company is going through huge layoffs amazon, amazon and it,
1: microsoft too yeah okay
0: It it seems like the market would be flooded with engineers which makes this a terrible time for me to try to be uh (laughs) ramping up freelancing work um yeah i'm curious about that are there do are are the engineers still in like what where where do these people go now are are there scrappy startups who are scraping them up immediately because uh they, they like the opportunity to hire a google engineer isn't very frequent
1: yeah i mean i i think the engineering the market for engineers is still um Uh, good for engineers bad for companies you know like there's still less engineers than there are open positions um it's a little less frothy than it was three months ago but i think it's still an okay time to be an engineer uh even though yeah something like i think it's like forty thousand layoffs this year alone already yeah uh, which is a bunch but um i suspect like a lot of these big tech company people will probably start startups so that'll be an interesting thing the effect Mm. that comes out of all this i think that'll happen um and then yeah i mean they'll go to other companies i guess Hmm. yeah
0: i already told you this story but i didn't tell you on the podcast so i'm gonna tell it again the uh (laughs) uh, sarah was helping me to find uh engineering consulting positions and uh so we had been scheduling like weekly meetings to to push this project forward and i found the site that's a job board for react web developer type things and i thought oh great this is cool and as i was trying to create a new account it had me fill out some questions and so i was answering questions it was like okay how long have you been coding in react and i was like a long time and just sort of going through trying to trying to get this done in our 30 minute time slot and then it asked me for my resume and i said oh no i don't have one for this technical stuff uh, I haven't had one for a long time. So, what's like the cheapest, scrappiest way that I could throw this together? Uh, LaTeX template generator? No, that okay. That's a that's a whole rabbit hole. I'm not going to do that. So, I went to LinkedIn and saw that you could download a resume from LinkedIn. The first one I downloaded was like this four-page thing with a bunch of extra stuff and, okay, I don't want that. And then the second one, I figured out, okay, you can customize it and get it to a page. And it, it looked about like you would expect a automatically generated resume from LinkedIn would look like. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it fit all the technical requirements the, that a resume should have. It had my name on there. It had whatever the, the job experience and stuff. And so I uploaded that and then uh, answered a few more questions and then hit send. And I told Sarah, like, oh, okay, I, I just applied for a, for a job. Uh, and she said, you, you what? And I said, yeah, I just applied for a job. And she said, just just now? What, did you have a resume? And I was like, oh yeah, I just, I just generated one from LinkedIn. And she said, you just generated one from LinkedIn? You, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't just apply for a job. like You're not taking this seriously. And I was like, what? No, I, I am. It's, what? <laughs> I, I'm doing the thing. And uh, I think part of the miscommunication was like, I think she thought I was applying for a job like to a company like Google. And I was looking at this much more as, uh, it's just a job board. And this is just, I I just have to get over the hurdle of, they just want to make sure that I'm actually a real person. And then the real interview comes when they actually interview you and do a technical test or whatever. And that was the first misunderstanding. And the second misunderstanding I think was, uh, Sarah has not applied for jobs as a software developer before and i think we're we're in very privileged positions where we're like we can sort of act like jerks and get away with it like the 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 job market uh has been nice and and even with this flood of engineers sounds like it, it'll continue to be nice and uh i felt validated about an hour ago when i checked my email and saw that i had passed the first round and <laughs> they wanted to schedule an interview yeah. with me so uh <laughs> yeah I, I thought that was funny Um, I do, I do worry though that like, well, I'm, I'm worried and curious about the opportunities of with, with this presumably top level talent entering the market. I imagine now that's sort of pushing down other talent, uh, and the people at the bottom now aren't going to be able to get jobs and talent that was previously inaccessible to me. If I like wanted to hire someone to help me work on the video clipper, uh, may have just become
1: cheaper. So i i hmm
0: yeah no that's that's it that's the end of my thought
1: yeah uh like it may but also like if you're leaving microsoft or amazon or google and you want to find another regular job Mm -hmm. you're going to be looking at companies like microsoft and amazon (laughs) and google like like um so i mean some of them will certainly go to other you know companies and so but there's yeah i don't know um it's difficult to I, say. I, I, don't think, I don't think
0: I'll don't think i be able to hire an engineer from Google. Um, I, but I do sure. think that like maybe the engineer who just got fired from Google is going to get a job that would have otherwise gone to someone who's now going to have to get a position at a different company. And that position would have gone to someone who now has to go to a different company. And if you follow that cascade three or four people down, <laughs> like, okay, now you're at a level where <laughs> maybe I can hire this person who's now going to do freelancing instead of uh, working for a company um
1: Th- that might be true it's also a, a maybe a little of a fallacy to think that google engineers are so good that they're going to push out all the other people who are then going to push out all the other people and then push like uh yeah, tech hiring sure. i think is much more messy than any kind of you know uh on paper thing like that so yeah that makes sense i think in general having more people in the market will lower salaries a little bit but um i don't know hard to say
0: hard to say I feel like i'm in a very interesting position now too because i'm like looking for freelancing work and thinking about hiring a freelancer <laughs> yeah uh yeah it that, that is strange. funny yeah yeah uh i heard also through the grapevine that you started a new Kaggle competition
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I can talk about that one. So we just got third place in the last one. So great. I need one more gold. So I'm looking for the competition to get me one more gold to become a grandmaster. Um, So yeah, I started one. Uh, We'll see if I do very well in it or not. It's a video competition, which historically I have not done very well. (laughs) So, uh, But I think I may have some insight that might help me. Um, It's a pretty interesting competition. It's for the NFL. uh, And uh, they do one every year, actually. And this one is detecting contact between players. Hmm. um so the nfl for a few years in a row has put tracking devices in their shoulder pads mm-hmm. and then they also have the video of every play and so you get the data from the tracking device and then you get the video of the play and you have to determine if two players are in contact with each other and if a con if a player is in contact with the ground and you have to do that for every 0.1 seconds of the entire play okay um, for a whole bunch of plays uh so that's kind of interesting um so i i did a first pass. I uh, made some mistakes. I, I'm in the middle of the pack right now. Uh, I think I should be in the top 10% or so after I fix the mistakes. And yeah. then I have some ideas about how to get to the top 1%, which is what I need for gold. So
0: we'll see. The the input that you're dealing with is the video feed and the data from these contact sensors for every yep. player?
1: Yeah. Not contact tracking. So it okay. gives you like XY position on the field, orientation, uh, okay, uh, that kind of thing accelerometer acceleration yeah
0: okay that's nice yeah that that would be easy to figure out when people like hit the ground I imagine um, and then the output is you want to know per frame a, a list of the players currently touching the ground a list of players currently touching other players
1: yeah basically yeah so it's per tenth of a second so not quite per frame there's like six frames every tenth of a second something like that yes okay um, so you get like six frames within your tenth of a second and uh, yeah it's so for uh, it's, it's like an n squared problem for players right so every player for every other player are they touching them yep and then for every player are they touching the ground yep during that tenth of a second
0: why why does the NFL care
1: so <laughs> the, 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 yeah sure this is a lead up of several things they first just wanted to know where the players were so they did helmet detection then okay. they wanted to know if there's significant contact I think between helmets I don't remember that was last year last year's one so that makes okay. sense right concussions and stuff sure, um, sure this is a natural evolution of that which is like basically, they want statistics about how much contact players get during a game. Okay. Uh, so the more contact you get and the most more severe contact that you get, the higher yes. chance for injury generally. Yeah. Okay. And so if there was some automated way, something the NFL is dealing with and that they're having trouble with is like when to pull players for yeah. injury. So they want to be able to pull players before they get injured. Yeah. Set of out of a couple plays, right. And then put them back in um, presumably anyway. So yeah. So that's what this is leading towards is reducing injuries for players
0: okay okay that makes a lot of sense because if i can have a real-time monitor that's looking at the total number of collisions with hard things both other players in the ground that my player has had over the last time period i can then have some model of some threshold of okay if if you have more than five of these collisions in 30 minutes you're 80 percent higher to develop a serious injury so okay let's you know after after four we're gonna we're gonna pull you in and sub you out okay okay yeah that yep. makes sense great that's you're gonna help football players <laughs> health that's the that's, that's that's really plan
1: good. so yeah yeah so it, there's only a month left um i started a little late but uh <clears throat> we'll see i'll give it a week and if, if i fail to get the top 10 like in a week then i'll probably not do it and look for another one but uh otherwise this will be my next one you said video competitions
0: historically haven't been ones that you feel yeah. like you've done well in. Um I'm curious about that. I especially after going through all this video work with the video clipper and other stuff with FFmpeg. What's I, I imagine you're just treating it as a as a series of images.
1: It, it is. Um so one of the problems is it's a lot of data. So okay. videos are big. And so and then when you have like an n squared algorithm where you want to zoom into every player, you know. Um and maybe you don't have to zoom in. It, there's it's wide open maybe you don't have to do that but i am zooming <laughs> into each player okay. and um it, it's just a ton of data and then you have to deal with uh, certain algorithms which i just don't have much experience with so there are there are ways to deal with images and videos that i don't have as much experience with as some of the other like ty- types of data like tabular mm-hmm. data and stuff so yeah so I'm learning all about those at the same time, which usually means, you know, maybe I can get in the top 10%, but I probably won't get gold. Uh, But maybe the next one, you know, the next competition I will, if I've already done all the work to learn about the different algorithms.
0: Yep, makes sense. And all you have to do is attach yourself to a winning team, right? You you don't have to win this one solo. (laughs) (laughs)
1: True, yes. uh, But uh, I can't, anyone on my team can't win prizes. uh, And this, uh, the top prize for this competition is 50K
0: and Ooh, at
1: okay. 50k people start worrying about whether or not they're going to be able to win yeah. prizes yeah, so okay. it's actually a bad one for me to do for this i should pick one of the other ones where it's like the top prizes you know uh, 12k uh, yeah sure so.
0: it, it'll be it'll be interesting regardless yeah what's the video
1: feed that you're getting in is it
0: one consistent camera angle of like the whole field or do, do you have some data on where the camera's pointed in
1: this yeah, x plane there's three different views that you get of the same play one is from the sideline one is from the end zone and then the other is all 29 players uh which is some type of overhead shot which shows or sorry 22 players okay. which shows it's called all 29 though is it maybe it's all <laughs> i, I for haven't seen the rest. Yet. i, I hate
0: <laughs> don't know how many football players there are but there's there's...
1: 20, there's 22 there's 11 on each side but okay. i think it says all 29 that doesn't make any sense um yeah anyway <laughs> huh <laughs> Maybe the person doing this competition doesn't know,
0: doesn't know how football works. Oh, uh, okay.
1: No, I, I know the person running this competition actually, and, and uh, he's great. He uh, and he, he, so he works for a company that does consulting for the NFL, and he's run this competition for the last couple of few years, and he like won it the year before he started running them. So no, cool. he knows. He knows much. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe it's a test that you just passed. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. So you get three different video feeds if you want them.
0: Okay. And you have to i imagine figure out the the xy plane for each of the camera angles does the Uh, camera give you the the direction it's pointing or what
1: yeah so what they also give you which is super helpful so you can figure that out but they also give you the helmet bounding box detection from the winner of last year's competition which is the helmet bounding box competition one okay so uh you basically know it's imperfect but you can use that as well to know where every player is um because that by itself is a whole project. So if if I had to like teach my thing where each player was, yes. that's like a whole project I'd have to do before doing this next thing. But now I can just use the helmet um,
0: detection. Oh, that's nice. Okay, so you yeah, and it's and it's individual helmets or is it just telling you that there mm-hmm. is there's a helmet in each of these. No, positions? it tells you which
1: player's helmet is okay. This, yeah,
0: so starting data from each of these three camera angles, you can pick an arbitrary player and figure out where they are in each so you, you know the x y coordinate because they have the tracker in the helmet Yep. Uh, and then for each of the three video feeds you can tell me that the bounding box of pixels where that person's helmet is
1: yeah it's actually just this line in the end zone the all 29 or 22 uh, that one doesn't have the same data for it um, it's okay. just the end zone yeah
0: so. okay cool that sounds like a lot of fun that's, yeah. a, that's a cool contest doing cool stuff I like it
1: so that's everything I've been up to how about you
0: everything i've been up to is i went on vacation (laughs) that's awesome Um, on another vacation (laughs) that's cool
1: uh where to go do you want to talk about where you went on vacation
0: i i would i would like to talk about where i went uh so sarah and i went to los angeles to visit some of her family while we were there we did a bunch of cool stuff including going to the magic castle with my friend trig and sarah's uncle who loves magic and so taking him there i feel like we scored a lot of points yeah. <laughs> he he loved it he uh he thought it was really cool and he had never been even though he they've been living in los angeles for years
1: you need to get uh, like a magician friend to let you in right that's the deal yeah you yeah. have to
0: go so yeah you, you have to go with a magician who's a current member and to be a member you have to pass a magic test how cool is that <laughs> um <laughs> that's um, the one like
1: Neil Patrick Harris was the president or something for a while yeah yeah, that's right yeah yeah. yeah, okay.
0: right. yeah. 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 Uh, NPH is, is really into magic um, yeah it's wild too because you'll just be walking if you know anything about magic like if, if you watched any kind of recent Netflix special or like you know you, you know performers in Las Vegas who are magicians every time I've been there I recognize someone and I'm looking at him like oh my god is that that's that's like this person who in any other context I wouldn't I wouldn't be on the lookout for him I probably right. wouldn't even recognize him um, and most most humans in the world wouldn't know that this is a celebrity but i'm just i'm out of my mind like oh my god it's it's uh oh uh uh handsome jack like the guy who wrote the book on bill switches that's so cool and you can go up and talk to him and yeah it's it's really cool so some like someone like a neil neil patrick harris if i spent enough time at the magic castle
1: i would probably pump into him uh that's and, cool and that'd be pretty cool yeah um Did, what, was there like a show you went to there or is it just like you go and hang out with magicians
0: you so there's so many different venues. There's mm. uh, multiple different theaters. There's a close-up room. There's a bar where the bartender is also a magician. Nice. So like <laughs> you, he brings in a bunch of people and serves them all drinks. And then while they're having their drinks, he shows a mind-blowing magic. Like that—that that was some of the strongest magic that that I saw there. Uh, that was really cool. And then yeah, there's just. It's all magicians hanging out and, and also lay people. So, you know, you just be walking through the hallway and someone's showing someone else this, this cool thing. and uh, Yeah. And there's bars all over and there's a restaurant that you go to. Oh, so if, if you don't go with a member, uh, they can still send you a voucher and then you can go use the voucher, but then you have to buy dinner and it's like a fancy country club, so it's not inexpensive. And then you also have to pay this fee to like an entertainment fee. So uh, us going with... My friend Trig, the member, made it something like a hundred dollars cheaper per person, nice. and four of us went. So that that was really cool that uh, he was able to, to get us in. So yeah, that was really fun. We went to Disneyland, where my friend is a performer. She is in the uh, brass band, something. Okay. And they pop Does she up do, all like, over the parade or something. Yes, but there's also another parade. Yeah. There's multiple. She's in the one that i think is smaller i'm not sure but it was really cool seeing her like getting the in the costume and like waltzes out and people loved it it was so cool there's like a group forms around him, and uh we got to go on the star wars ride that just blew my mind it's this really interesting that the carts are moved around by magnets underneath the floor and uh, I'd never been on a ride like this, and there's these animatronics that are so good; it looks like people. There was this one room we went into that's just this massive, expansive. You, you feel like you're on uh, one of the imperial ships. Huge vaulted ceilings, and they have this this thing that looks like a big window that's a, a huge screen that's showing you off into space. And there's something like a hundred stormtroopers in the room, mixed in with yeah. uh, the the imperial people with their little hats and stuff, and it took me a second to figure out like what how how are there so many people here but i think what was going on was all the stormtroopers were just animatronic things Uh. and then all the all the imperial people of which there were only three or four those were the the real people but there were so many moments like that that were just beautiful oh my gosh and then you go in this room and there's two full edits that full scale and you're just whipping around them while people are shooting at you it was it was incredible that that was really really cool uh that was the second interesting thing and then sarah and i fly back and i immediately hightail it uh drive down to houston where my friend is hanging out with nasa he's doing a a space medicine fellowship just hanging Uh, out with nasa (laughs) just hanging out with nasa like you do (laughs) like yeah he he had some really cool sentences he was like oh yeah you know i was i was talking to uh yeah whatever this person who's uh the the uh, director of this program at NASA for the Artemis mission to the moon. <laughs> and, you know, they, they had to reschedule the board game night with me because uh, they're going on this expedition to the Antarctic. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, who, who are you? What, what are these What are these words coming out of your mouth? Uh, uh, so what, we what, went, we uh, we flew to El Potrero Chico in uh, Monterey, Mexico, and climbed for uh, about a day and a half. And I climbed, I think the best I've ever climbed in my life, the my my head game as they say was very strong my my uh fear was was very well managed and i was able to climb something that my friend luke was not able to climb and i'm gonna hold that <laughs> over his head for the rest of our lives yeah. so he, he got stuck in a rut and he was like oh hold on I, I just need to come down and change my shoes <laughs> he came down changed into his other shoes and then he went back up and then he tried again and he wasn't able to do it and he came down and i think tried something else and then went back up and was like okay i think we need to switch <laughs> like let's let you try this and oh, okay if we if we can't do it we can just go back down uh and then mm-hmm. i was able to do it nice. and I, I felt really proud of myself is that like we were uh,
1: talking we're talking about that last time right if you see where a climber left a carabiner knowing yes. that they <laughs> abandoned yes, it yes yes and then you go uh, past it you feel good. a, a bale beaner yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah we uh we almost had to do that but i was able to pull off the move that made it so that we could uh, go forward so nice. yeah felt felt pretty good about that and i filmed a video actually in 360 of parts of the climb so if you or anyone listening would like to join luke and i on our climbing trip to el pacharachico excellent search for my name on youtube and the, the most recent video uh hmm. is a 360 video of our climb.
1: what a uh, camera what camera did you use to do a, that the insta 360 okay. uh the, the new, oh, is that the, the, the new one or the old one the um, it's the camera that I have is something like two years old, so probably okay, the old okay. one. They just yeah. came out with a new one, and I'm tempted to buy it, even though I don't have a real good use yeah. case for it. It's it's an action camera and a 360 camera all in one, and it's like super rugged, you know. And they it it, they, it basically is, you know, leaps and bounds better than their old one, which was already pretty good. Is uh, that
0: the Is it modular? Does it have like a replaceable battery in the bottom? No, it? it's
1: not that one. Okay. um
0: That's the one I have, and I would not recommend it. I would get the one that's all one. Yeah. Thing.
1: I was looking at that one too, but is that the new one waterproof action camera maybe it's the x3 is that the new that's maybe the new one that came out yeah that looks like it it's waterproof too so you can take it underwater cool okay mine mine is
0: waterproof but only with a special case on it and the Mm -hmm. stitching gets really weird it's not really able to to merge them together so yeah I, i i got the one that i have with the intention that it would be also my webcam mm. and but it's kind of gimmicky The way to, it's a really cool idea they have like hot swappable modules where you can change the lens on it from a 360 camera to like a wide angle camera or like yeah. a, a regular camera so it can act like a gopro but yeah I, I would if i could do it again i would just get like a dedicated 360 camera and uh, then yeah they could they could also make it waterproof but yeah those are really cool i uh i showed sarah and i showed my parents and they, uh, they, they felt like they were uh on the climb with me which uh was pretty cool cool yeah they were also very confused that They at first they couldn't move around in the space, that it was oh, just yeah, one yeah. fixed angle. And then I started thinking, that's not too far off of where we'll be able to get. That's not... Like, the, the whole 3D space could potentially be remapped so that you could walk around. And it would have to interpolate and kind of guess of, of stuff it couldn't oh. see. It wouldn't be showing you the actual the actual truth of, Talking about like par- of what was there. Like
1: parallax, like if you do this? Yeah, or, it, or
0: like looking under a table that you couldn't see or, oh, or under a table, looking sure. around someone or... Uh, You know, of course you can't do that now because it's just this one fixed position. It can can only ever see that. So if you move your head around in VR, it's just moving the entire world with you. Yeah. But you can spin your head around and and see what's behind you, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, The the level of of immersion is uh, insane. I think I'm I'm terrified to see what the analog of a video camera is going to look like for i don't know two generations from now (laughs) maybe we're in that right now maybe maybe i'm actually my great-grandson reliving the experiences of my uh great-grandfather that'd be that'd be pretty cool uh so there's that what else oh i got really sick you can probably hear my cough Mm -hmm. uh sometime we were in mexico which we ran out of water like halfway up this 12-hour uh route so that probably had something to do with it And then, uh, we were eating all these really cheap street tacos and the day we left, Luke found a (laughs) a cockroach in one of his tacos. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which the cockroach (laughs) itself, he made the point. wasn't the issue. It was more like, it's a canary in the coal mine of there might be some meat parasite in this thing that would be, uh, not very good to eat. That would, that would ruin your life. So yeah, I, so I, uh, since our last episode, I've been traveling and then I got sick and Got mostly better around yesterday afternoon, but, uh, now I'm here. So I'm back on the horse of working on the video clipper. And I'm very proud of the, the, my ability to make the transition from vacations or or something else or feeling sick back to work. I feel like I know the things I need to do. Like, okay, I need to make sure that I'm going to bed at the right time. Uh, if I'm totally sick, I need to make sure, okay, I'm just going to take care of that. I'm just going to try to get that. That's my one and only job. I'm just going to try to get better. Um, and then this morning getting back into things like, okay, I just got to make sure that I meditate no matter what the cost I'm, I'm going to meditate. And it took me 40 minutes to get ready to do a 20 minute meditation, but I did it. Yeah. Gosh, darn it. It, it. The meditation happened. Um, so I, I feel like I'm, I feel like my ability to get back into gears, uh, better than it's ever been, which feels good and so i was initially planning on launching the video clipper on tuesday thinking that i'd be able to do some stuff for the weekend i wasn't so i'm going to bump that to wednesday and i basically have it all mapped out i'm going to send out the email sequence that i already have written i'm going to send out the uh, tweet sequence that i already have written advertising this 50 percent off deal if you sign up within 24 hours and i have very low expectations if i if like one person signed up that would that would feel good and it's gonna be information no matter what happens, and I'll learn from it and then go from there. I did have an idea on the climbing trip of a small change I wanna to make to the flow of this. I think what I wanna do is make sure that I'm capturing YouTube channels at signup, and then once I know someone's YouTube channel, if I have a YouTube channel ascribed to every account, now i can be looking for new videos that that person posts mm-hmm. and now i can be much stickier as a product because once i know your youtube channel every single time you post a video i can send you an email that says hey click this link to clip your video that you just posted um there's no extra step that you have to remember in the in the beginning part of also you have to have this this simultaneous upload to, to yeah. the video clipper um, and I didn't like that initially cause it's a little more fragile I'm, I'm relying on kind of a backdoor way to download videos from YouTube, but I think I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. And then even I could be doing some cheeky things like I can be making clips of people's videos and like, uh, you know, maybe the, maybe the email that says, here's the link to uh, start clipping your videos maybe that says you know here's a suggested clip where the suggested clip come from did it come from an advanced ai or did it <laughs> just come from me watching yep. your video and, and making a clip yeah. that, um,
1: that's the perfect kind of thing where yeah you could do it manually at first and then either outsource it to you know a va or something or um, yeah. eventually some kind of ai yeah yep
0: yep exactly
1: uh
0: so i i i'm, I'm very proud of that idea because like that that stickiness feels like it's going to be important i think a lot of people have tried out this product and said okay well this is interesting but it's not quite at the level that it it makes sense to invest in yet so i'm just going to kind of forget that it exists and if i'm sending them if i'm if i'm sending them an email every single time they're already in this mode of of launching a video uh I, i think that'll be much stickier and then in that email that's a that's a great place for me to be saying by the way we have this new feature that you haven't tried yet that maybe that was a thing that uh was stopping you from using it before and yeah that feels good that feels like a, a very natural way to be sending a lot more email um yeah. I, that's I tied that's a, to like the output of the person
1: i think that's a great insight uh for a few reasons one people love seeing stuff about themselves so mm. yeah they'll, they'll love seeing like their video already clipped that's yeah. excellent um the other is if i had to guess one of the major reasons for churn for products like this is like they sign up and then realize they still have to do work in order to use it mm. uh, if the work is they check their email and click one button you yeah. know then that is excellent so um yeah i think that's great great idea cool thank you uh
0: it, it feels good i feel a little disappointed that i have like nothing materially has happened or, or changed since last time but you were on I, I vacation. Did have that one good idea i know i know and then i was sick but yeah uh, yeah still still frustrating especially oh listening to to uh mr beast had an interview recently with lex friedman and just ah oh, i feel so like this mix of of inspiration and also ah uh, like uh Um, disappointment in myself that I'm not at that
1: level that I'm like that I don't have a team that's just making stuff and Let's i don't read, know you, about mr beast or about lex friedman do it was both of them Here, oh, okay. it's yeah. like two titans I, talking i to was gonna other. say yeah. mr beast has like a ton of people working for him and, and then lex friedman is like a machine <laughs> like he, yeah. like who I think, I think he i think he just started hiring a team i think i think okay
0: okay recently he like has editors and, and things to help him
1: I, I saw his 2023 new year's resolutions and one was like eat a cookie not <laughs> <laughs> like eat more cookies <laughs> eat a cookie for the whole year like that's the kind of thing he's he's talking about yeah i'll have to read those that's what's the story behind that why is he he is he is way into like you know health hacking and and nutrition and stuff and so he does things like intermittent fasting and just eating a really good diet uh including not no sugar i think Um, okay so he's gonna allow himself to eat one cookie (laughs) all right (laughs) that's the kind of person he is yeah i i i don't know i don't know how i feel about that (laughs) i had two cookies yesterday so that's how i feel <laughs> yeah <about that>. exactly
0: <laughs> this guy's not human so i know that yeah I, I just need to be focused on like you know making uh, on, on my own like compare compare myself to who i was yesterday and not who someone else is yeah. today but uh yeah it, it does feel uh a little discouraging but there's a there's a lens through which i can see that it's uh uh motivating it's it's cool to see what's possible the amount of money mr beast is making from one of his side businesses is just ridiculous he started a snack business did you know this that's in grocery stores and stuff and it's making like hundreds of thousands of dollars a day and that's just that's a a side project for this guy ridiculous
1: well i know he started uh the the one i had heard about a few maybe pre-covid was he started a burger business like overnight he launched you know 400 stores or whatever Um, yes the way he did it was going through commercial kitchens and like doing delivery only and stuff like that um and so it it's kind of like a, a hack to get around you know so it sounds super impressive i mean it is super impressive mm. but it's also you know it's not like he really opened 400 locations overnight sure sure i don't know i'm like
0: <laughs> if i did that i'd feel very impressed with myself <laughs> yes exactly um there's one last thing i wanted to talk to you about which is a project i'm helping sarah with which i think we talked about briefly last time gymnastcode.com nice see the, the more i think about it feels like just such a perfect micro business because it's such a niche market of gymnastics coaches and gymnastics studios uh she's specifically focusing on one's you say teaching co- code or coach uh gymnasticscode.com code okay although that's interesting that maybe we'll also get gymnasticscoach.com uh yeah i'm g- oh, sorry sorry gymnast gymnastcode.com gymnast i think code. she also has gymnasticscode.com yeah uh such a niche good industry it's it's all of these people are on the same set of Facebook groups. Uh, most of them all know each other, incredibly small community. The average gym has something like eight coaches. So uh, yeah. And, and then they're all, they're all kind of networked together. They they hang out at competitions regularly. So there's this cool network effect. Um, there's a magazine that they all subscribe to very easy to reach them and very underserved by software. So, and this, the problem i would have had no idea existed they have this book of rules for judging competitions and the rules are all arcane and mm-hmm. or self-referential and really difficult to figure out so everyone constantly has all these questions of like hey i'm competing at a gold level and for my floor routine i don't know if i should have if, if this particular skill that i'm doing meets the requirement of having whatever two different circling skills um and That's so then a, an experienced wise gymnastics coach will post on the on the facebook post and be like oh no it doesn't because of this other weird rule that you can't do these two things at the same time or whatever um so sarah made a prototype of uh, a digitization of the code of rules as it's called and she launched it two days ago the date, yeah two days ago and in the first 30 hours had 45 signups from two facebook posts that she posted nice and i'm looking at this like oh boy <laughs> this is this is how it happens yeah. right like this this is really exciting um we still don't know what the revenue model is going to be or how we're going to charge we, we think it makes the most sense to charge the gym because uh, the, the gym spends money that's mostly on money. equipment yeah. yeah um like a you know a pommel horse or whatever is going to be multiple thousands of dollars and yeah. they're making something like hundreds hundreds two thousand dollars per month from each of their uh gymnasts that they have so they're they, they like have a budget and uh if if we can tune the sales pitch in the, in the right way and get them to buy it uh i think this could turn into something really interesting so that's, that's
1: a super cool uh, yeah. after you explained it it made sense why it was code I was, I was expecting the word coach, but it, code mm. makes sense once you explain that. It's about the rules and stuff, yeah. Yes. Um, the other thing is this sounds uh, very similar to Arvid Call's uh, Feedback Panda um, Arvid and his wife. Um, okay. It, it, do you know the story of that? I don't know. Oh, you should read. He has two books or three about it uh, and okay. many podcast episodes. Um, his wife was an English teacher, like an English tutor in for chinese students i think um okay. and had a network of english tutors and they had this very specific need which is like giving feedback to all of their students where the feedback is mostly the same they just have to, like pick from like templated sort of responses and stuff and arvid so arvid was a developer she was the english tutor and together they made feedback panda and then sold it for seven figures yeah wow um so uh th- this sounds extremely similar to that uh where your, your wife is the the you know entrenched uh, gymnast uh, person and you are the developer and uh yeah so i would at least listen to his podcast or read his books or give him a twitter dm yeah
0: i didn't i know i know of arvind i didn't know that was his story i yeah. I, I also didn't know he had books i gotta yep. i gotta <laughs> do that immediately all right yeah, cool they're,
1: they're good books yeah
0: <laughs> i'll give them to uh, to sarah too we'll just copy exactly their <laughs> playbook of whatever they did <laughs> yep <laughs> wonderful cool yeah uh Feels like feels like I've got a lot of good bets out right now, between file box pushing that forward, doing the serverless transition, like that's still happening. Uh, the video clipper launching this week, feel like it's pretty well positioned. Feel like I, I know that there's a problem here. Feel like I, I know what the pricing is. Feel like I know what the the marketing is, um, and helping Sarah with this thing. Uh, one of these has got to got to <laughs> pop, right? Like. Right. I, <laughs> Uh, yeah i uh so i think the game is just you know don't get discouraged keep pushing mm-hmm. it forward uh i feel like i know the right things to do uh yeah yeah and that, then that's
1: like i, I would say it, uh for example you thinking about wanting to learn more ai stuff like if you had infinite time yeah great um yeah. but that feels like something you can do in the background like like these other things feel to me like way way more important uh yes. right now so don't feel bad about not having infinite time that's what i'll say
0: thank you one day when we reach the singularity exactly 2035 i'll yeah. have 2035 2035 according to Rick as well uh it's still 2035
1: it seems like it keeps getting pushed out 40 years you know like... he's he, well
0: by different predictors yeah but he wrote books in like i don't know 20 years ago that predicted it would be 2035 and he's kept that prediction and he's also said things like computers are going to pass the turing test in uh 20 uh 2029 and he was saying that 20 years ago i was gonna say that might when be the true. average say it again
1: that might be true chat chat GPT is already pretty close
0: yeah that it looks real close uh he also has a very high threshold for the the Turing mm-hmm. test it's not just you know a 30 minute conversation it's like keep talking to this thing until you're convinced it's it's a uh, human I computer see. or not and at the time he first made the prediction the average the, the the median guess was something like uh 200 years uh from 20 years ago and then as we've crept closer the the median guess has drifted down until now the median guess is 2030 and he's still at 2029 20, so yeah I, I feel like he's uh he's made some good predictions and yeah. see seems like uh i i have difficulty imagining that it could shake out any other way yeah yeah
1: uh, he, he's also if you watch some videos about him he's also a very interesting character uh, he's he's eclectic he's, for yeah. sure yep he takes like 100 <laughs> vitamins a day
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah really tragic story also of like he, he really uh loved his dad and was just tragically torn apart when his dad died and mm. felt this immense sense of grief and so hoarded like every scrap of paper that his dad had ever written anything on with the hope that one day he could digitally resurrect him and he the the last time i heard about the story was uh I, I would have been in college like i don't know 10 years ago he actually came to uh southern methodist university where sarah and i both went and i got to ask him a question and uh he, he gave a lecture i asked him i asked him when we'd get iron man suits like it was the dumbest question but he, he still answered it like yeah. <laughs> i don't know He's, he was a cool guy um and uh so he he was talking about then that uh you know he had this goal of resurrecting his dad and being able to talk to him and since then he did it he made a chat bot probably powered by something like chat gbt uh yeah. 3 with all this information that he'd scanned in from his dad and was able to have a conversation with his father, uh, yeah. So I, I imagine that would have felt immensely
1: rewarding. But also, oh, how how Black Mirror dystopia. Like, yeah, what a what a strange situation. Yeah. Uh, well, like, I, I can imagine if he if he truly believes in everything he says about the singularity, which I actually think he does. Like, I, yeah. I don't think he's just you know saying this for publicity. I think he really believes it. That makes any human loss of life from now till then like actually super painful because yeah. they're not, they're one less person going to be uploaded to you know the singularity like like yeah. his dad could have lived forever if he lived to the singularity that's probably yeah. what he believes if he could have um, last just another couple
0: of decades yeah right yeah
1: so uh it's kind of sad yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah for real according to him people in their 20s and 30s are pretty certainly going to live an incredibly longer lifespan than uh any other human and then people in their 50s and 60s probably as long as you stay healthy and then 70s and 80s ooh, probably not and yeah it's this tragic situation where you're oh you were. can you imagine you if you if you're like if you're like two years off if you could if you could have lived two years longer you could have lived right. for another 700 years um according to him that's the that's the world right. we're currently I,
1: living in at the same time like i, I know a lot of people who don't want to live that long or maybe Mm. haven't thought about it before you know like i think a lot of people are very happy you know dying at a ripe old age right they don't want to go before their time but you know once they're 90 or something they're like all right you know um so it'll be very interesting how humans deal with that if it's a possibility to live for hundreds of years it would be a immense change too yeah some will choose not to
0: you know I'm personally of the opinion that I would like to not die for as long as possible. I, I'm right, fine with go. dying at a ripe old age, but my ripe old age would be like I don't know, three <laughs> hundred, nine thousand. Right. I don't know. Is that egotistical? Does that make me a? a I don't know. I I'm like I'm all for being I, altruistic and, and like I so many so many of these horror stories of villains are like ah when, once the billionaire villain gets right obsessed with protecting himself above all else, that's where true evil comes from, and I totally see that. And at the same time. I really enjoy life, and I really like learning new things. I really like having conversations like the one I'm having with you. I like building things. I like helping other people, and I'd like to do that for as long as possible. Like, I want that for everyone around me. I want, I want both of us to be making this podcast <laughs> in the year three thousand. That'd be, that'd be great.
1: Let's do it. Our uh, thirty thousandth episode. <laughs> yeah. Great.
0: I'll, I'll have some more fun facts about the number thirty thousand. Like... a real number. <laughs>
1: Our natural number.
0: <laughs> Perfect. We've all, we've already got the fun fact. We're ready to go. Excellent. Uh, Chris, that's all I got. That's all I got too. Then I'll see you next week. Goodbye.
1: Bye.